today. Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. Doesn't it feel good to have some room? Isn't that nice to have a little room, move out? Uh, that's why we uh, launched our third service today. It's not because we uh, have so much energy, you know. It's not because we're glutton for punishment. Uh, but it is because we want to make more room. And you, we have done that. Uh, I want to thank our, our Hills family for helping us do that. More room in the parking, more room in the kids, more room right here. So I want to invite, I want to encourage you to invite some people with you, okay? We didn't make more room just so you could have more room. We made more room so we can invite other people and to make room for them. All right? Amen. Uh, as you came in today and you on your seats uh, or what we call our Hills Gathering Directory, and I'd like for you to take that right now. Gatherings are the small group ministry here at the Hills, and we are passionate about gatherings. Matter of fact, when we were a small group, we were already praying for small groups. When we were 16 people in our living room, we were already talking about the day that we could have small groups. And we got ready to launch them, and we had some of our coaches like, uh, you are a small group, so let's just get good at that, okay? And so now, this is the largest uh, uh, selection of gatherings that we have had as a church, and I'm excited about that. So the reason for this is for you to take this home with you this week and look over them, pray over them. If you have questions, uh, you can contact our, our gatherings uh, team and they'll answer any questions for you. But there's all kind of, of gatherings that are available. There's interest-based, activity-based. Uh, there are Bible studies, curriculum. One thing we're doing this, this uh, session that I'm excited about is we have a team that's going to be making discussion questions available based on the sermons that you hear on Sunday. So you'll be able to do that in your small group and your gathering and help us move into uh, more discipleship and acting out what we've heard on Sunday. So gatherings, uh, we believe that abundant living happens in community. That's where abundant living really starts taking place. Now I heard some of y'all amen over here. How, anybody else believe that? Yeah, you can't hear it because you're in your cave by yourself. All right, you didn't hear me? Yeah, you know, the Bible says confess your sins to him and he's faithful to forgive you, right? That's what we just celebrated. But it says confess your faults one to another and you will be healed. I find there's a lot of people that have been forgiven, but they're not walking in healing and wholeness because they're not in community with anybody else. I want to encourage you, get into community. Take this home pray over it. Next week on Sunday, we will be launching the directory. It will go live and you'll be able to start registering and and signing up. So you need to be getting prepped and prepared for that. Are you ready for the word this morning? I want to direct your attention to Luke chapter four. We're in a series called the best year ever. I would also like for you not only to be at Luke four, but get to Ezekiel chapter 12. Now, those of you that have a device that you're reading it on, that may be a little hard for you to do. But if you've got a Bible, uh, a, a hard copy Bible, concrete Bible, right? If you've got that, just wave it at me. Come on, wave it at me. Oh, yeah, I see y'all. Now, how many of you got the one string? How many got one string in yours? How many got two? Oh, that's the rich people. You get two strings. Anybody got more than two? Anybody got three or four strings, different colors? Uh, No? All right. Well, you can put that one string over in Ezekiel 12 and open it to Luke chapter 4. I really believe, no, I don't believe, I know, because I've already preached it one time. I know that I have a word for our church today. And I believe that it's more than a word. 
for our church. I believe it's a word for the body of Christ. So can I just practice on you what I believe the whole body needs to hear? Is that all right today? Come on, I want you to open your heart up. I want you to open your mind up. I want you to get ready to receive what God has for you. Because if anything, if it's anything like the first service, I can tell you something, there's going to be a transaction in the spirit today. So get ready for that, all right? It's more than us just launching three servers. I believe this is a date that God has circled on the calendar. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 16. So he came to Nazareth. This is Jesus is speaking of. We've been reading this for the past six weeks. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say to them, best year ever. All right, some of you, some of you didn't look at your neighbor. All right, so I don't know if you don't like them, if you argued on the way to church. Not sure, but I want you to look at your neighbor again and say, best year ever. All right, now look at your second choice and say, I'm sorry I didn't pick you first, but this is the best year ever. Amen? Best year ever. Come on, how many believe it's going to be the best year ever? If you don't believe it, then why are we going into it, you know? I'm believing it. And then verse 20. And then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Past six weeks, we've been talking about the key to having the best year ever is first of all, allow the Holy Spirit to do his progressive work in us. Secondly, to follow the formula for fulfillment. How many remember those? You got those written down. What is that formula? And then number three, what we talked about last week, to focus on and fix your eyes on Jesus. This is how you step into the best year ever. And then, dot, dot, dot. In my notes, I had that. And then, dot, dot, dot. My boys hate it when I do that. I do the dot, dot, dot all the time. I'm on my phone, and I'll say, hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there in just a little bit, dot, dot, dot. How many do the same thing? And my boys are like, why are you saying dot, dot, dot? Can you just say period? And I say, no, I don't say period, because there's something that it's leading to. It's called an ellipsis, my children. That's what it's called. I'm from Mississippi, and I know that. All right? And then, dot, 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 he began to say to them, Luke 4 and 21, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now some of y'all right now, you're like, man, we've been waiting for six weeks for you to get to that one, okay? You went and you took us through the wilderness and you took us to all this. Can you, could you please just get to that part where we're here today, the day that we talk about fulfillment. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That word fulfilled means this, to accomplish or to complete or to tie a bow on it. How many of you need something to be accomplished in your life? Something to come to fruition, completion? How many like to see just a big red bow tied on something in your life? Amen? 
just stuff flapping in the wind like that. Can you please tie that? Oh. I love the fact that he says it. He says today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The message says something like this. What I just said, you just saw happen. Y'all don't, I don't encourage you to go watch the movie, but for some reason, every time I read that, I see this right here, shake and bake like this. That just happened. That's what I see. I see that just happened. All right. That is exactly what he says right here. He looks at them and says, what you've been reading, what you've been hearing about, that just happened. Let me tell you what that means. That signifies a season change. I know you've been doing it this way, but things are changing now. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I'm believing today that there are some of you that are going to walk into this place today having things unfulfilled and you're going to walk out with a feeling of fulfillment that's going on. You're going to see things in the next several weeks just start clicking into place. But let me just keep on going. And the main reason for that is because God is not just a big talker. God is not just all talk. We, and we, we hear it all the time, the voice of God, the word of God. And sometimes I think we kind of think about that's really all God is, is just this voice. But words have never been enough for God. A little less talk and a lot more action. He expects action. Even look at creation, how things happened at creation. Genesis 1 and 3, look at this on the screen. And then God, first thing God decides to create, how does he do it? He says, and then God said, let there be light. Not, and he waited. No, he said it, and it happened. We are the ones that get in the equation and make it longer than it's supposed to be, all right? God's word works, and it works. It goes to work as soon as he speaks it. God's word is not just word. It also is action. It's action within itself, Hebrews says this, for the word of God is alive and active. He's not just speaking it. As soon as he speaks it, it starts doing a work. How many of you during your devotion have read a scripture and all of a sudden you go, oh, like a little, oh, oh, you felt that right there. You know what that is? I call it a spiritual scalpel. That's where God just goes in. That scripture goes on to say it's like a two-edged sword that just goes in and begins to do the work. I have people, many Sundays, I'll be out, out here and, and they'll come up and go, man, I'm, man, were you reading my texts and emails this week? You preached directly to me. And most of the time I'll say, well, I almost titled it with your name on it, but I decided I didn't want to do that. All right? How many have had that happen before? Were you just like... Speaking to hundreds of people, and yet, you know why? Because the Word of God is active. You can just scatter it like a seed, but it goes right to where it needs to go in your heart and in your mind. Amen? So God's Word is active, and as soon as He speaks it, it begins to do the work. He says it, and He does it. He is the fulfillment of His own Word. However, when Jesus steps on the scene... In our text, Luke chapter 4, it does not feel that way. Because they are now on the very end of 500 years of silence. The theologians say that it was 500 years of silence where the prophets weren't speaking. Nobody could hear anything. Y'all, we freak out when we go a couple of days without hearing anything from him, right? 
500 years. And here comes Jesus. First words they hear him say, I'm here to proclaim good news. I'm here to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to, can you imagine the unbelief and the cynicism? Can you imagine the mood that he stepped into? Same mood that we find in Ezekiel chapter 12. Now I want you to turn there. It's going to be on the screens. Ezekiel chapter 12 and 21. And the word of the Lord came to me. This is Ezekiel speaking. And here's what God tells him. Son of man, what is this proverb you have in the land of Israel? The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Everybody say proverb. Or you could also say song, or you could say a poem, or you could say a piece of art or literature, okay? What is this thing, this saying that you have in Israel that the days go by and every vision comes to nothing? They were so in depths of disappointment that they wrote Proverbs about it. It was a saying that they had. Well, there's a vision that comes to nothing just like all the other vision. You know, language is a reflection of the culture, what the culture is feeling. That's why art is so important because art is telling us what the culture is feeling, what people are experiencing, and at times there's anguish and there's anger, and at times there's love and there's joy. You with me? And so there was a proverb that was speaking of the cynicism and unbelief that was in Israel during that time. Does that sound like any other culture to you? Does that sound like any other generation to you? When every time you turn on the television, it's cynicism and criticism, and it's just, it's just two talking heads arguing with each other. Every news channel you turn on, ESPN, just fussing at each other. And then you go on social media and all it is is and making fun of one another and something beautiful happens and within seconds it's a meme, just like that, right? Come on. What is that? It's a reflection of the disappointment. It's a reflection of the cynicism and the unbelief that our culture has. Why I believe this message is so fitting because that is what God always comes against. He cannot stand unbelief. He will, man, don't even get me started on that. That's why he ate with sinners but kicked people out of the synagogue. Because he can handle this a lot more than he can handle that. But God goes on. He says, there's a proverb that says these days go by and every vision just comes to nothing. But look at Ezekiel 12 and 23. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I love that word sovereign, Kristen. Sovereign Lord, I'm going to put an end to this proverb and they will no longer quote it in Israel. One translation says, I'm going to bury that saying. Have you ever had a song that just comes on all the time? You know what I'm talking about? And you just like, if they ever play that song one more time, I'm going to run this car into a body of water. I'm going to do something. I'm going to throw some. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. My, Evan and I, my oldest son, we got in the car yesterday to go to lunch, and there was a, an artist on, and... Uh, and the song finished, and uh, he and I began to talk, and then before we knew it, within five minutes, the artist was back on again. 
Same artist, different genre. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this now his radio show? What's going on here? And we began to talk about it. And we realized that if he wasn't singing it, he had written it. If he hadn't written it, he had produced it. Sure enough, we go to lunch, get back in the car, turn on the car. (laughs) Guess who was on the radio? Good Lord. Well, this is what God is saying. God is saying, every time I tune into your frequency, I hear a saying, cynicism, negativity. I know you got a vision, but it's not going to come to nothing else because it ain't come to nothing else for me. So I want you to be miserable just like me. I want to read it in the New Living Translation. All right, look at this, Ezekiel 12 and 23. God says, tell the people, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will put an end to this proverb and you will stop quoting it. Now give them this new proverb to replace the old one. Aren't you glad God doesn't take anything from you until he, except he gives something to you? And it's always better. And here's the new proverb. The time has come for every prophecy to be fulfilled. I know the song he used to sing is, We got vision, but it don't matter. They'll come to nothing. I'm not sure if that was the tune, but I just felt like that's what happened. I'm going to give you a new proverb that says the time has come for every prophecy to be fulfilled. Everybody say the time. That's important. That's important to God. And I love the fact that time is important to God, even though he operates outside of time. Because he understands that time works for us. We need time. We need to understand seasons. And with God, it's all about the right time and the right season. I want you to write this down because we're talking about fulfillment. I want to help you move into fulfillment. And I don't feel like I can talk about fulfillment without saying this. Because some of you haven't heard the past five weeks. I want you to understand this. Fulfillment happens when we have been faithful to the process. That season you're waiting on, that time you're waiting on, that day you're waiting on is waiting on you. Fulfillment happens when we have been faithful to the process. And how many would agree that the process is nasty? (laughs) Nobody likes the process. Trust the process, whatever. Be quiet, okay? I don't like it. I don't like the process. But for some reason, God makes the process and he wants it to be a priority for us. And every person you see moving in greatness in their life, I mean true greatness, not people that stole for it or cheated to get there because that won't last. I'm talking about true abundance, true fulfillment. Those are people that have been faithful to the process. I have a friend of ours that was a, 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 a best-selling author and and uh, he was on an interview, we heard him, and the interviewer, the interviewer said, man, you just came on the scene. You were an overnight success. He said, yeah, and it was a long night, my friend, a long, long night. Fulfillment happens when we have been faithful to the process. So look at your neighbor and say, be faithful. Come on, just stay faithful. And then secondly, fulfillment happens, fulfillment happens when time is full. Fulfillment happens when time is full. Remember, the time and the season is very important. Look at this, Galatians 4 and 3. The writer says, we were waiting, we were waiting, we were waiting, and all of a sudden, verse 4, but when the fullness 
of time had come, God sent forth His Son. We waited and we waited and we waited, but finally, time was so full that she could not hold back the Messiah. That word fullness of time really means like a pregnant, overdue woman. How many of y'all mamas know what I'm talking about? And that's what he's talking about. He said, when time just got so full that she was waddling around and couldn't finally, there you go, and the baby. And that's what has to happen before you and I can enter into a season of fulfillment. We got to be faithful to the process and we got to let the time be full. Let the season come to us. And that's the hard part because the waiting part, amen? The waiting part. You think you've been waiting a long time? He's been waiting in eternity. You think you and I have been waiting? You think we're frustrated? You think that we want to see fulfillment? How much more does God want to see the fulfillment of His Word? It's His Word on the line. And so there's a time and a season where we wait and we're faithful. But I want to tell you today, there's a time and a season when the waiting is over. And that's what I want to help you with. Because during the waiting, you sing songs about the waiting. And you write poems about the waiting. And you, I know a change is going to come. It's just, it's just this thing. And sometimes because of that, when the season shifts, you may not step into it as soon as you could. Because you don't make that shift with it. I want to help you today get ready to make that shift so that you can move into the next season that God has for you. And this is what God is declaring through the prophet Ezekiel. Back to Ezekiel 12 and 25. He says this, you guys have been singing these belly aching songs. And here's what I'm going to say to you. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will and it shall be fulfilled without delay. Verse 28, therefore say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. None of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the Lord. Now I want you to get up in your seat and I want you to look at me. For some of you, I'm just a preacher. That's all I am to you. You just want a preacher. I want to come on Sunday. I want to hear some music and I want you to be my preacher. And that's as far as I want you to go. And that's fine if that's what you want. For others, you want us to be your pastor. You've opened that door. It's permission based. You want us to pastor you. That's awesome. Today, I'm asking every single one of you to do me a favor. I want you to let me for just a few minutes step into the office of a prophet, okay? Will you allow me to do that because I want to declare a word over our church and I believe not just the hills but I believe the body of Christ that God is getting ready to let things start happening in our life that we've been praying for and waiting on and fasting and longing for I believe that we're entering into a season of suddenly write it down a season of Suddenly, again, now some of you that grew up hating prosperity preaching and thinking they're all out to just take your money and Christian television and word of faith and Pentecost and all that stuff, you grew up with this thing against them, maybe because you didn't understand it or maybe because you were in it and understood it too much, okay? I want you to understand, those of you that have been with us for six years, you know we don't do this every Sunday, all right? I want you, and the reason we don't do it every Sunday because when we really feel it and we really start speaking it, I want you to grab hold of it, okay? Look at your neighbor and say, a season of suddenly. 
Man, I wish I was T.D. Jakes right now. Come on. Mm, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Woo, Lord. But now I'm just John Ragsdale. That's it. Just have to keep on preaching. So here we go. Look at this, Acts chapter 2. Uh-oh, Pentecostals, here we go. Acts chapter 2. And when the day, everybody say the day, the season, the time, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, when it was full, when it was complete and it was ready, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. On the birthday of the church, the way that it happened was suddenly. But the suddenly took a while. It took 500 years. It took 33 years of ministry. It took 10 days of them waiting in an upper room. Jesus said, I want you to go. I want you to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father that's going to come. Now, I want you to think about that. It's a little warm in here today because we don't own this building, okay? It's a little warm. But can you imagine in those days being in one room where there ended up being 120, but he had thousands of followers? I have a feeling that the thousands dissipated real quick when they're like, this is the venue where he's going to show up. Ain't no bathroom. Ain't no kitchen. And he said, wait for the promise of the Father so nobody wants to leave and go get food, right? Uber Eats, come on. Can we get y'all to come bring something by? That's what's going on in that room. Ten days of that. Not only that, but then you have disciples that are on different views. You have the apostle Peter who cursed and used his name. I don't know that blankety blank man. That's what Peter did. And then on this end over here, you got John who never left him. Stayed with him. The only disciple at the cross. And now here they are in the same room. Let me tell you, your season of fulfillment many times come when you get your mess worked out with the people you're around. Can we get back to the Holy Spirit part? That, I just want more of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit heard how you talked to them on the way to church today, okay? Get your mess worked out. Look what it says. It says, and they were all with what? One accord. They were not in a Honda, okay? That word accord. Uh, hashtag dad joke. The boys will be at the next service. I won't use that then, I don't think. One accord in one place. That meant they were in agreement in the same place. There's something that happens when we are in agreement. Got our stuff worked out waiting, been through the process, then the Holy Spirit shows up suddenly. Come on, how many of you are ready for a season of suddenly? All right, hold up, hold up. Some of you can't even amen that because you're still in the negativity and the cynicism and the criticism and the unbelief. You're afraid if you say amen that somebody's gonna go, man, I know how you really are. See, you gotta change that mindset. Change that mindset. This is a season. This is a season. You got to believe it. You got to believe the word of God. Believe it. The reason that when he speaks it, it doesn't happen is because we don't agree with it. As long as there's agreement with his word, it begins to work. 
but if there's no agreement with it, so believe it. Believe what God has spoken over you because I'm believing with you today. And let me tell you something. For some of you, it's hard for you to amen and receive this because it doesn't feel like a new season for you. Can I see a head nod on that one? It feels the same mess that I've been dealing with for the last month. You know, today, when it went from 11.59 to 12 o'clock, it was a new day, and it was still dark outside. Nothing changed that I saw, but it was a new day. I want you to hear what I'm saying over you today. It's a new day. It's a new season, and I want you to get ready. Get your faith built up. You know, the word faithfulness, I talked about that. The only way you make it through in the season of fulfillment is faithfulness. You know what that is, right? That's faith and fullness. When I have got my faith to a place, I'm ready to receive it, and I've been, I've, now time is full, faithfulness comes together, and suddenly you're stepping into the season of fulfillment. And what he started over you, He's going to finish. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 2018, I believe, is a year of fulfillment. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you, I want to encourage you to find those dreams that you wrote down and tucked under a bed. I want you to find some prophecies that were spoken over you. I want you to remember some prayers that a mama prayed, that a grandma prayed, some prayers that were prayed by an intercessor that you may never meet in your life until we get to heaven. I want you to start pulling old journals out of storage. I want you to get up in your attic and blow the dust off some things that you've buried, some gifts that, that you've forgotten about that God gave you, some talents that you have buried deep down, the callings that you thought God had forgotten about. Listen to me today. I want to encourage you to let your faith begin to rise. And I want you to begin to speak to those things and say, you are not dead. You will live. Resurrection time. Resurrection time. Amen. Amen, Ben. Come on, man. But you don't know me. I don't even care about it. You don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. You don't know what happened to me. I don't really, I do care what happened to you, but it doesn't matter at this point. And some of you that have been so beat up and you say you've been beat up by church. Oh, no, you have not. You've been beat up by people. Don't blame that on the church. And people beat you up in school and they beat you up on the job and they beat you up all over the place. Amen? Don't just put that on church. That's people and people are cray-cray, okay? And they will hurt you. That's just the way that it is. But don't blame that on the apple of God's eye. Come on, let your faith begin to rise. I rebuke unbelief in the name of Jesus. And criticism and cynicism. I had asked forgiveness to someone on our team just last Sunday because they texted something and I texted back and I made a little snide comment and on Sunday morning I walked right up to them and said, I need to ask your forgiveness because I, I made a comment about someone that I need to address with them before I say anything to anybody else. Will you please forgive me? I believe that's God's way of getting me ready to do it before I preach it to you. Come on, unbelief, unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, stress. Come on, let it all go. 
Let's step into a new season. Come play, please. You know, I, let, let me just, like not anybody, we actually have someone that's coming to play. <laughs> so like, this is my chance. Let's go. Oh, my life. <laughs> say you, say me. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. A season of suddenly, amen? Come on, will you receive it today? Now, let me just tell you something real quick, all right? Real quick, I want you to hear this. You may not, you, the reason your faith has got to be up and you've got to be looking for it, expecting it, is because the door of destiny swings on small hinges. Like, it, you may not hear the, you may not even hear the door open up, right? It could just be that you're doing your world, you're doing your life, and all of a sudden you step in. Oh, my goodness. Man, that's some fresh air right there. That smells good. This is a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is coming my way. Why? Because I was faithful to it. I was ready for it. And now here we are. Here we are. So don't miss that moment, okay? Because some of you, some of us can step a new season still living in the old mindset. And it won't last long. You'll get back over to that place. Because you're changed by the renewing of your mind. So come on, let's go. Now I want to remind you. I want to remind you. What we have been speaking on since 2017. Remember? Marching around, marching around, marching around, being faithful, keeping on. Remember we preached on miracles? Remember that? Miracles that we believe that there's going to be miracles are going to happen. Instant miracles are going to take place in people's lives and bodies and marriages and finances. Remember that? Remember we keep saying windfall? How many remember that? I'm believing that as a church, over the next several weeks, we're going to step into seasons where just stuff we've been praying for is just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Just that easy. I'm believing the same thing for your life. The same thing for your life. Close your eyes. If you're ready for it. I mean, if you're ready for it, you're ready to step into a season of suddenly. Would you just raise your hand? Come on, I want to see you today. If you're ready. My goodness, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Season of suddenly. All right, Lord, every hand raised right now. I'm praying that you will begin to do the work that you need to do to get them ready for that next season. (laughs) That next season. Do the work that you need to do. It's going to be a quick work. Get their heart ready. Get their mind ready. Get their spirit ready. Get their mouth ready. Their hands and their feet ready. Come on, Jesus. Get them ready. And then I'm believing for spirit propulsion, Lord. I'm believing for a season of suddenly to hit the wind. Just hit those sails that they've been getting set. Push them further than they could have ever gone on their own accord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Keep your eyes closed. I want to give you an opportunity today to make a fresh start with Jesus Christ. If you're ready for a new season, but you have never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, let me tell you, you're never going to change without Him. His blood, His body, His name. If you want to give your heart to Him today, if you maybe have been a Christian, but it's just gotten old, it's gotten stale, and today you need a fresh start. If that's you today, no one looking around, just right where you are, 
Will you join the many that have raised their hand already today? Just raise your hand today. Come on. See, I want to make a fresh, really high, not just a little bit. Come on. Hands right here on the front, in the back, right here. That's awesome. That's awesome over here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. All right, I want you to do this for me. I want you to open your eyes. Open your eyes. I want everyone in this room, we're going to pray this prayer together. Raise your right hand up high and say it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready for a new season. Forgive me for my sins, my pride, my selfishness. Today, I give you my heart and I want everything you have for me. A season of suddenly starting right here, right now. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and everlasting life in the mighty name of Jesus. And shout amen. Come on, shout it out.